there is this kind of pull on me. Um, it seems to just be like a big groove that takes me into um, self-centeredness. And um, it's actually in the lyrics of a song that I used to sing in the 80s. <laughs> Sorry for anyone that's not been in the 80s. But it was, um, what about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough and I want my share. Can't you see I want to live? But you just take more than you give. And deep within me, and I think in all of us, there's a demand um, for others to meet my needs. They should know that my life, my, my life is the most important thing in the universe. Everything's about me. Meet my needs. Then I might move on to listening to yours. And it's like there's this curve and all our thoughts run into it. And uh, when we run into other people's curves, their demands for a better life, then there's a clash. Now there's there's a fancy uh, theological term for this gravitational pull, and it's called incubitus in se. And basically it's, it's Latin for uh, turned or curved inward on oneself. It's like this gravitational pull affecting everything you do. And look, I love others, but I deeply wonder what's in it for me. I give to others and I wonder if I'll receive back. You know, just I don't tell anybody that, but <laughs> I'm an empty vessel and I demand you fill me. You know, tell me pleasant things, nice things, affirm me, fill me with water. I'm hungry, so feed me. I'm determined to see my pain relieved and I will do whatever it takes to meet that need. Now, um, some people might give it a diagnosis such as narcissism, but it's actually in all of us to some degree this inward curving towards oneself and for some you can easily see their curve but with most it's more hidden subtle and manipulative of course no one can ever uh, completely meet the need of the curve because well they are also under the gravitational pull of the curve too perhaps sometimes they offer a few drops of uh, presence that somewhat alleviates the pain but for most people we are so thirsty and determined for pain relief that it comes automatically to reach for that chocolate bar <laughs> the bottle the online shopping or the porn site or whatever yeah fills that cistern we have a curve that takes us towards a cistern where does your curve take you now, you're probably feeling somewhat down now. <laughs> I may well have woken up to you to the reality of something in yourself that you may not actually like. But it not the an awareness of the battle beneath better than living in a foggy, uh, dreamy world? You know, we need someone who knows the full power of the gravitational pull to self-centeredness to somehow push against the tread. I read this recently. Love is never blind to others' faults. It sees them clearly, but is not threatened. It admits disappointment, but forgives and continues to be warmly involved. Is there a tender concern for the welfare of one who treats you wrongly? That is the measure of love. That was from Larry Crabb. You see, <clears throat> Jesus never ever slipped down that slippery slope of incurvitus and say, fully divine, fully human, there was always the option to shift his focus, but he never did. Sin 
according to Simak Wheel, is not a distance. It's a turning of our gaze in the wrong direction. It's just ever so slight, ever so slight. Just a slight curve down away from looking at God. You know, oh, to have, you know, that um, Christ focus that says, Father, forgive their curved in <laughs> on themselves gravitational pull, for they don't know what they're doing. Yes. Look, and I'm sure you've run into the curve of others. Look, I have. Maybe you can see uh, the incurvitus in, say, pull in your life. What is it you, you are truly, truly after? Is it love? What about affirmation and value? Uh, worth, acknowledgement. You see, uh, deep needs are only satisfied by deep springs. Uh, having nice words said to me is good. I like it. Bring it on. But it soon leaks away, like a water tank with holes in it. I just need to keep on filling it, keep on filling it, keep on filling it, and plugging the holes. I want a spring, not a cistern. And there's a huge difference. You see, a spring is like this gush of water coming up out of the ground from who knows where, and is actually out of my control. It's always there, it's fresh, new, sparkling, and full of energized particles. There is movement and there's life. Whereas a cistern, well, that's like a storage container. It's um, a tank, a jug, um, a dam that I've made. Uh, it's in my control. It's accessible on my terms and I'm in control. The water is flat, stale, unmoving, and actually a potential place for bad stuff and ugly stuff to grow in. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, God comes to speak through the mouth of a man who had um, the power of the curse operated on him. He says this, God says this, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and, second thing, they've dug their own cisterns, uh, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. In other words, uh, God is saying, Look, I provided a spring. It's pure thoroughly refreshing, refreshing. but instead you've decided to make a tank to collect and control. It's a tank that leaks like a sieve, and you have to keep on filling it up and plugging the holes, and the water is stale, still, with no life or energy. But hey, your water, you're in control, and that's what you like. If you want to go against the curve and to handle the curves of others, then you need to learn how to sip at the spring and stop swimming in the cistern. Look, can I, can I um, point you towards the spring? I love to take people who are used to stale waters of a cistern and let them experience the sparkling freshness of the spring. It's uphill, you know, and I actually work on a property, a, a farm, that the, all the water for the farm comes from a spring and it's up the hill and you have to climb and you have to make effort to actually find that source of water. And much like that is our spiritual life. We have to defy gravity and push against every natural instinct to retreat to the ease of a cistern. But it's up there, and we can splash, and we can swim. Larry Crabb says that supernatural goals need supernatural resources, and uh, I've seen people discover it. it. It's always through prayer, quietness, being still, and noticing the whispers of God. Jesus actually broke the power of gravity. 
there was no incurvitus in say dragging him away from his one focus, the father and I are one. You know, a, a woman with pain uh, comes to a well. Jesus, you know, in typical style, he creates a little learning story. He says, uh, he says to her, look, everyone who drinks this water, this water in the well, will get thirsty again and again. Look, I, I get thirsty again and again from um, the cistern that I naturally seem to go to, to fill some sort of need. But Jesus says to her, and to me, but anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst, not ever. The water I give will be an artesian spring within gushing fountains of endless life. <laughs> I want to be there. Look, I, I loved it the other day when I was uh, talking to someone and I could sense the pull of the curve. Then as we sort of quietened ourselves, there was this unmistakable sound of a spring bubbling nearby. Okay, I couldn't hear it, but I just knew it was there. And we set out in prayer to find the source, just being quiet, just listening. And when we found it, we sat and we, we gave thanks. This is very much, I'm just saying what I sensed happening. And um, we dipped our toes in and then we jumped in. <laughs> wholeheartedly into the bubbles and there was a, just a refreshment of God's presence for myself and the person. Have you got a taste for something better? Are you tired of stale water? You know, the system. Yes. Look, here are some tips that I've found to help find the spring. One is acknowledge your incurvitus and say, look, we all have this pull. Even the most generous of souls They've got a they've got a curve in there. Ask yourself number two. Ask where does that curve take you? What is the need you are hoping to fulfil? Number three is long for the spring. The spring that's up the hill. It's a gravity thing. But and I think of um, David in the Bible how he was hiding in the cave and he longed for a sip of water from the well in Bethlehem. Um, but it wasn't so much for the physical taste. It was more for the that, that time of presence and spiritual refreshment. Number four, listen quietly for the trickle. Quieten yourself. Meditate on scripture. Discover stillness, solitude, silence. Then when you discover like a droplet of spirit's presence, savour it. Take it in. Soak yourself in it. Number five, keep coming back. Keep coming back, keep coming back. You know, when you have a taste, then keep coming back for more of it. Build it into your daily rhythm. Number six, look through the curves of others. Look, others are curved in on themselves, just like you are, okay? They too need a spring and not a cistern. Yes, they, they hurt you and they're incurvitous and say, but... Forgiveness flows when we see the power of the curve they are probably unconsciously engaged with. I'll read that again. Forgiveness flows when we see the power of the curve they are probably unconsciously engaged with. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He looked through them and saw it like they don't know what they're doing so forgive them. You see, to be in the community is to have a few safe others who will guide you to a spring and not assist. 
Save others who know their own in curvitus and say. Here's some quotes for you to think about. Change from the inside out is rare. Very few people are willing to deeply embrace their disappointment, and even few when they face they face their disappointment are filled with excruciating pain and sadness, are willing to say, my pain is not the problem. The problem is my determination to relieve my pain any way I can. That's from Larry Crabb. Pain is the rent we pay for being human, it seems, but suffering is usually optional, Richard Raw. And Philip Yancey said, redeemed pain is more impressive to me than removed pain. Uh, when, re when relieving pain becomes our priority, we have left the path of pursuing God. Okay? We've left the path of going to the spring. Um, okay, I'll carry on. The experience of pain has the power to either harden us in our self-protective style or to deeper trust in God. Larry Crabb. An aching soul is evidence not of neurosis or spiritual immaturity, but of realism. The experience of groaning, however, is precisely what modern Christianity so often tries to help us escape. The gospel of health and wealth appeals to our legitimate longing for relief by skipping over the call to endure suffering. Faith becomes the means not to learning contentment regardless of circumstances, but rather to arranging or rearranging one's circumstances to provide more comfort. <laughs> Larry Crabb. And some questions to consider. When we talked about being curved in on oneself, what comes to mind for you? Number two, what is a cistern for you? Where, number three, where have you tasted the sweet waters of a living spring of water? Hey, uh, I, I pray that you would find um, the spring. And if you want to know more, um, email me, barry at turningthepage.co.nz. Um, I love doing these things for you. I truly do. And I pray that uh, you'll find them helpful in your journey. Um, just another, just a big thank you to those people who give a little bit each month to help me do this. Um, if you want to become part of our support community, it's really easy. <laughs> turningthepage.co.nz forward slash support. And there's a number of options that you can become a regular supporter of turning the page for as little as a dollar a month, US dollar a month. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, and we'll be um, back next week.